0: They, they let you back into downtown Salt Lake, huh? And my, my pass still works, apparently. <laughs> Who knows? That, uh, what was it, a month suspension that you, you've you been yeah, on? Something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Now, we walked in here with a jazz hoodie and a Utah Utes polo. So, I think we know what's on yeah, Jeff's and mind. The,
1: and the only bad thing is, is I'm living in a rental house right now because I'm building a house right now and... I, apparently, I packed all of my USC gear, because I really should be wearing a USC shirt today. <laughs> I really, really should be wearing a USC shirt today. Uh, because, for, the, for the rare time in my life, uh-huh. probably the only time in the history of my life, in the future of my life, forever, will both of my teams be in the same state. And not playing each other. And not playing each other. Interesting.
0: Now, wait, does BYU have a return trip, like, in six years with USC? I don't know. I haven't looked.
1: I but. guess maybe Utah could be playing in... UCLA or Cal or something that's true, day maybe, but, the, in but in this state, not that basically the same city yeah. though. They're basically yeah. playing the same place.
0: And you, your hatred for BYU, I know it's you really should good. have to get an You're going to get
1: phone calls. I'm going to get phone calls. <laughs> We're going to get phone calls oh, okay. over my USC fandom. I don't know. It's only a four point spread. Yeah, I think that's a good bet. <laughs> the, the, the spreads
0: people people like to point to those Jeff as your as your. Uh, Uh, about to say here I think and that's people think that that's oh this is supposed to be a close game Mm, this is supposed to be a game they want you to spend your money on that's what the spread does
1: this is gonna be a yeah I don't think it's gonna be close me neither I was at the last time USC played at BYU 2004 I was at that game that didn't go so well for BYU the first quarter did Okay, wasn't it a 14-0 BYU in the first quarter? How'd that season end
0: for the? Well, I Trojans. think that game
1: ended like forty four to fourteen. <laughs>
0: wasn't that the year they went undefeated and won the national championship? Uh huh. Yeah, not not a great year for BYU. Not a uh, or sorry, not a not a terrible year for BYU, but a great year for USC.
1: Let's see. Here's the summary because I remember they had the lead, right? No, they didn't really have a big lead. They held them scoreless in the first quarter. BYU went up three zero. Was all really excited. I remember because I had twenty four of my friends from USC at that game. Wow! And we had, we were in the BYU student section <laughs> with like a little <laughs> on eight, purpose eight, eight, 8 It's where they put us. Oh! And BYU they were fans were all fired out. They were talking so much trash. And it was 3-0 three zero at the beginning of the second quarter or something like that. <laughs> I love thort, uh, sports. And then USC put on twenty one in the second. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> And won the game forty-two to ten. Ugh, terrible. But that was that was that was the, that was, the, that was the national ever. championship team. That was Steve Smith, Matt Lineart, Reggie Bush. Yeah, some think it was the best college football team of all time. They put up five hundred fourteen yards against them. Ho hum. Yeah, pretty easy.
0: That was also the year Notre Dame was in Provo and lost to BYU. I think. Is it? In 0-4. Yeah, I think so. Because I was in the MTC. The night that uh, BYU played Notre Dame, and that's all we could hear from the MTC was that football game. And as a big sports fan, I was really depressed that I was
1: trapped in. Yeah, USC went as
0: I call it missionary. Jail. That
1: was the year USC went thirteen and zero, and one beat Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, fifty-five to nineteen.
0: Allegedly, because it's all been wiped out from the record books, hasn't it? It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Over a
1: car or something. It wasn't even that, I don't think. It was the... Paying his family's renter. Or... No, Lionheart was living in an apartment downtown with Reggie Bush. Oh, I thought Bush's family was, was getting Bush's rent family, or something. Bush's family, yeah, or something and, yeah. like that. I mean, it's the, how can a school really control that? Hmm. The school can't do anything. The NCAA's, the NCAA's a joke. Yep. It absolutely is. Well... We all know this. You've got sports on the mind today. It's, it's going to be a fun college football day for me. How sad were you
0: when the FIBA results happened this week? Yeah, I think... They took
1: seventh, Jeff. They, it's not good. Seventh. Do you know what one thing you got to be happy with, though? Is Donovan look good. And Donovan's going to come back There was really a couple good. games where was like, oh. See, this morning he had a great game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This morning he had a great game. 4-4 four, four, through Portland. Like, and we go, Bear looks good. Ingalls looks good.
0: Uh, as long as Louis Scola doesn't play.
1: Well, Louis Scola <laughs> is like 90. <laughs> It's old man time. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> he got the much the better of Rudy Rodgers. I think he's getting a look in the NBA. <laughs> Small. No, it worked for the FIBA, but yeah. not in the NBA. It's a whole different basketball game. It's, not, it's different completely rules, different. Yeah. Different rules. It's so much more physical. They let him get away with everything.
0: In some ways, I like it better, but in a lot of ways, I don't. You can just hit
1: the rim and knock a ball off and goaltend whenever you want. Apparently, and... which
0: that's the part I would love when your team has someone like Rudy Gobert. That's a rule you'd like to be you in the NBA. To hit,
1: ball hits the rim, just swipe it away. Nope, not going in this time. <laughs> that was like twelve blocks a game.
0: But the USA, even with their third, fourth choices, should be meddling in the FIBA tournament. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's some good articles about. It. I mean, it's. The difference between the other teams in the USA is the, it's the same thing as the difference between the Jazz and the other teams in the NBA. The other teams play as a team. The, the USA team was playing as a bunch of stars. That's a good point. And that doesn't work. It's nope. A, this is a team game. <laughs> that it is It's a yeah. team game. This isn't tennis. Yeah, this it's isn't a team golf. game, and that's the problem is they don't play as a team. But and it you doesn't. You saw it when Kemba in the fourth quarter just takes over, and decides he's just going to keep the ball for the entire fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, enjoy that, Boston. Yeah. I mean, how happy are Jazz fans that we didn't get Kemba? Well, there were a lot of Jazz fans, but, but there a lot wanted Kemba. Yeah, right? The whole time I was I going you to be a lot happier than Mr. with Mr. Mike Conley. You
0: know who the 10th highest paid NBA player will be next season? 10th highest.
1: Kemba's got to be a top five, so it can't be him.
0: Gordon Hayward. 10th highest paid player in the NBA. That's happy that we don't have him. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not you're not too too sad about the FIBA results. No.
1: I it's okay. just kind of like, eh, whatever. The, inter- the interesting thing is going to be what happens next year when the Stars want to come back to the team.
0: Yeah. USA's talking a big game right now. Yeah, Colangelo. They're stuck, in, they're
1: stuck in a lot of them all back.
0: When LeBron wants to be in the Olympics, yeah. you don't say, nah, you weren't you with didn't us last show up year. for
1: the Viva World Cup in China.
0: What's the password, LeBron? No, <laughs> you, you, you let him have your luxury suite, and you sleep at the day's end if that's what it takes. Totally. All right. Well, uh, we're here to talk some sports, but mostly about cars, mostly about Subaru, and hearing from you at 855-340-ZONE, any questions, comments, or stories you'd like to share with us, 855-340-ZONE is the uh, the phone number to get on the show uh, we enter every name into a hopper that calls in and talks with us and at the end of the show we draw a prize you want to stick with movie passes yeah Seems movie passes to be that's popular. always a good
1: one people like it
0: and they're not just movie passes these are this is a four pack of passes to the mark miller subaru vip lounge at megaplex theater so 855-340 zone to hop on the air and share with us i wanted to start uh, with some subaru news uh, Jeff, it is local, not with Mark Miller Subaru, but you guys have obviously been a part of this uh, milestone. The 10 millionth Subaru was sold yeah. in the United States. This isn't week. that cool news. Uh, I think Nate Wade Subaru was yeah, the they, one that had so it. So they picked.
1: They, I think mean, you can't ever. There's no way they're going to actually figure out who actually sold the 10 millionth car. Yes. So what they did then, they picked Nate Wade anyway, because they're the oldest Subaru dealer in the country. Which I that, I did not know that. Yeah, so they're the oldest continuously owned Subaru dealer in the country. And they had, they just,
0: uh, rest in peace, had a loss yeah, the, at the top of the family. Absolutely.
1: And... Yeah, I feel horrible for Kirk and his whole family over there. And they lost. Nate Wade passed away a couple weeks ago. 91 years old, I believe. It's a good life. But Great life.
0: But never happy to see, or never uh, not sad to see a member go.
1: No, so. he's one who, he started with a guy named Russell Ballard back in the early I think 70s, I've heard of him. Back yeah. in the six, six, 1969 is when they started that. Yeah. One of the first stores, and we were too far behind them. We were 1971, so not close, not that far behind them. So,
0: were you the second oldest? Are you the second oldest dealer? Then
1: that's a good question. I never asked. No. We're got to be in the top five or ten
0: because your grandfather it was that or Honda, yeah, flipped right? Flipped a
1: coin. Yeah, my grandpa flipped a coin over Honda and Subaru in 1971. I mean, couldn't go wrong with either of them, but. For the first uh, 25 years, I think you probably <laughs> would have said Honda was a much better bet.
0: That's I was just
1: going to say. The because... second 25 years <laughs> have been awfully nice. Right now, it's a good right decision. Right now, you absolutely would want to be a Subaru retailer. <laughs> but the first 25 years, I don't know. Yeah, like, it was tough. T- Honda did pretty well in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s. Uh, Until we got an Outback, Subaru was pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: uh, this article I was reading said that it took, uh, oh, God, how many years for the first five million? to be sold 10 or or something like that no not 10 it was longer than that it was, it was uh, a... the last the last 10 million have been sold in i think the last 10 years yeah it... so they've doubled or something like that i have we'll to...
1: see what the next 10 million comes
0: let's see it said uh, da, 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 da. For, it took the company 41 years to sell its first 5 million cars but the second 5 million only took 10 years so there it is mm-hmm. so yeah right now you're you're very happy your grandfather picked Subaru
1: 41 years, the first 41 years, I don't know. It was a, good, yeah. it was a little rough those first <laughs> It worked ones. out. It worked out really well. We're pretty happy. We're very happy, and we have two stores, and you can't, and really there is not a better manufacturer out there. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. Subaru. I mean, just as far as what they are willing to do to help customers and make customers happy and work with us to make customers happy, it's second to none in the industry. I mean, they have a customer relations department that works with us really well on any product issues or any problems with cars and we're able to generally make most people happy and it's a combination of us putting money in or putting time in or them throwing some money to help us do it too and generally we can make most customer issues fixed well and that's I think that that's really key to why
0: Subaru is such a there's such a loyal following to Subaru there's families that will only buy Subaru, and it's because Subaru builds good vehicles, but they also listen to the customers, to the drivers of these vehicles, and uh, take their input. If there's something they don't like, they'll work, out, they'll work with it. But first and foremost for me, what Subaru can bang the drum on all day, every day, over almost anybody, is the commitment to safety, building safe practical vehicles.
1: And they'll always be that. And that's one thing we've, I mean, I've, proud, I've been in the company now for 16 years. And in the 16 years, one thing I can always say is we may there may have been models that came out that weren't the prettiest looking cars in the world and weren't the greatest looking cars and things like that. But the main reason is that every Subaru they make, first and foremost, is designed for safety and engineering. And then they make it look nice. And they don't ever sacrifice safety or the rigidity of the structure of the vehicle to make a car look different or better they work that's a secondary problem to them and it's why they've made such great cars for 50 years well it, not 50 but 40 ish yeah, <laughs> yeah somewhere in there first few words so good <laughs> <laughs> those 360s were the <laughs> greatest cars in the world uh
0: but the uh and by, and by the way the 10 millionth car wasn't some flashy thing it was a 2019 Impreza, mm-hmm. that was the 10 millionth car. I think that speaks volumes to the the dedication Subaru has because they they're, they are still cool, the Imprezas, but they're practical,
1: definitely and more they're practical, safe for sure. Yeah. yeah, we're excited. I mean, we're about to, we're just launching right now the 2020 Outback and Legacy. It'll be hitting the lots in the next. Well, I think we have one or two already there. Really, they're just starting to trickle in this week or next week. But we've got a couple of demos on the lot that we can you can. I don't think we can drive them because they're factory cars, but you can come and see the new dashboard and see how it works. and It's pretty cool. Can you play with the, the gizmos yeah, and yeah, things? Yeah, play with okay. all the stuff on it. they are pretty excited about all that. Super actually, uh, Ward, which is a car uh, company, they put out a 10 best user experience list for the interior features, the connectivity and stuff, and the new 2020 Outback's on that list. Oh, cool. But it's neat. I mean, it's, a, it's basically a huge iPad that controls the whole car. And,
0: so how's that different from the 2019?
1: Or 2019 was about a 7-inch yeah. screen, 6, 7-inch screen that was on there that was one screen and if you wanted to go from Apple back to your radio to whatever and then the radio, the, all the HVAC controls, all that stuff was just in its own little thing. This is one thing that controls everything from heated seats to your air conditioning to the radio to navigation. You can put your radio in one part on the screen. You can put your navigation on another side at the same time. Like, it it's just more intuitive. Screen sharing. Yeah, you'll wow. be able to like mix and match your screens. So you can run text messaging. I mean all that stuff's all intuitive now. That's cool. And it's a new system. They're not it's a new vendor as well. So it's no longer the Harman was the old vendor, now it's a company called Denzo that's making all those. But it just integrates everything right into one place.
0: Well that'll be convenient. That'll be a lot nicer. Uh, I like the you know, when we got our started started our lease on our cross trek that was my first introduction to having an infotainment screen in a car that i had been driving and owned and it was a different world but now when i look at that compared to where we are now just two short years later it's completely different with the outback totally and and not to say that that was a bad product before
1: yeah we'll start seeing that system in the next two three years we'll get into pretty much every model i think
0: yeah i would i would think so
1: You start seeing more and more of that digital versus automated things.
0: Well, let's get more into the 2020s here in just a minute. We've uh, got our first phone call of the day, 855-340-ZONE. Love to hear from you. Come on in and share with us, 855-340-ZONE. Go out to line one. Clayton is with us. Good morning, Clayton. Hi, how are you doing? We're fine. Thanks for calling in. Good. Good. I
1: just recently bought a 2010 Subaru Outback and we just love it. (laughs) My wife won't let me drive it, but (laughs) that's beside the point. But uh, it has about 200,000 miles on it, and I still trusted
0: buying it. And um, I'm just wondering what kind of things
1: should I do to make it so that it can keep going? I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I'd like it to go to 300. But Mm. anyway, what, what do you recommend for a a real high mileage out back. This is a 2010. I mean, oil. I mean, it's always the lifeblood of a car. Make sure you're putting a, a really good synthetic oil in the car, and make sure you're doing your oil changes regularly, and having someone you trust as you're doing your oil change, looking for those little things that go wrong. Because if they can catch something early, it can fix from something big happening. So when you get those oil changes, yeah, make sure you're going somewhere that's at least taking a look at stuff, looking at the plugs, looking at everything to make sure that there's not issues. And if you're feeling small issues on them, get them checked out. Don't let them sit.
0: Now synthetic, okay. uh, you can typically go further between oil changes, but
1: yeah, but on a car like that, I wouldn't. I mean, I I would invest in getting good oil in the car every six thousand miles. Okay. Honestly, a nice synthetic oil every six thousand miles is what I would recommend on a car like that
0: okay what about like exterior we stuff it. like
1: waxing and, and washing and I mean how's the paint on it after 200,000 miles paint's really really nice there's a couple of little spots where you know rocks hit it or something but paint's really good that's awesome yes I mean, I, I mean waxing all that stuff none of that stuff ever hurts I mean it's always going to keep the life of your paint lasting longer and longer but 200,000 miles the, the bigger worry is going to be the mechanical stuff on the car and just making sure you're paying attention to all that stuff
0: Okay. All right, Clayton. Thanks for Good. calling in. Glad you're liking the car so much. That's how it's done. 855 zone wow.
1: 2010, 2010. So that's nine-year-old car. Just bought car. it. It's, wow, that's a lot. of That thing's been driven. L- that, that is- 20,000 miles a year? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of
0: driving, but it tells you- Longevity of the car. Yes. A 200,000-mile car and someone just bought it. And are so excited about it. That it doesn't have to be the first car off the factory line for it to be top. That's pretty notch.
1: cool. And That's the new model too. So that was uh, 2010. Was a new body style. That was when they finally it's on made... the global platform. No, that was way before the global platform. Okay. But that was when they first made the Outbacks U.S. sized. Oh, I see. So in 2010s, when they first started making them full a bigger car, where six foot four adults could fit in it and fit comfortably before and, they were like impreza yeah. size or what they just were smaller it was, okay. just, it was just a smaller interior and what they were able to do is they were able to make the car just not that much bigger on the outside but really increase the interior space on them in 2010 that that's was, good and that was the first year of the cvt as well
0: 2010 was when cvt was, was around
1: like, i think 2015 wow I mean, it was 2010
0: wow it's been around almost 10 years now that's crazy CVT is uh, really cool. The continuously, I don't, the continuous variable transmission or something like that is what it yeah, stands for.
1: CVT was the first year of 2010. And
0: it climbs up a cone.
1: Mm-hmm. It's two, uh, metal, gears two metal, and, metal cylinders that come together mm-hmm. and there's no shift points.
0: No shift points, but they put in a sound. Of it shifting so that you
1: don't freak out so and think your got, car's and broken. And you can set it into a little mode where you can shift it if you want, because people are like, <laughs> "I got to shift." <laughs> so they get on a freeway and they hit the gas and they hit. I'll be going seventy miles an hour and the RPMs haven't clicked at all. It's like, no, it's that's how it's not supposed to work. I want to shift. Come yeah. on, let me shift. All right, thank
0: you, Clayton. Eight five five three four zero zone. Back out to the phone lines. Nick is with us. Good morning, Nick.
1: Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for letting me listen. Thanks for calling. Um, quick question about the pre-owned safety checks and stuff on Subarus. Like, when you buy Subarus from people to you know, resell them and such, how extensive is that safety check? Because I've had friends say, you know, Subaru, pre-owned Subarus are hit, are iffy because if you're anything like any college student who drives a Subaru, they're driving them as hard as they can. <laughs> so I was just kind of curious about that. Good question. So it, it really depends on the level of the Subaru, right? So if you're talking about sure. a, a certified... So there's, there's two different things you've talked about. So one of them is a cert- certified Subaru, and one of them is just a car that we get in, right? So if it's, uh-huh. it's, if it's certified, Subaru requires us to do a 152-point safety inspection on the vehicle. And we have to look at every one of these points, and we have to, as a retailer, certify that we've looked at them and then they were okay. And Subaru actually comes in and they do inspections on us, and they'll come in and they'll grab a random car, double-check our inspection occasionally, and make sure we're doing it right. And because of that... If we do that, Subaru puts a warranty on the car, seven year, 100,000 miles from the original date of purchase on the powertrain. But that, awesome. so that's on the certified. If it's a non-certified, it's kind of retailer to retailer. So what we do as a store is we put all of our cars into four different categories. We go from what we call a mechanic special, which would be a older $1,000, $2,000 car that we don't even touch. It's just a car that comes on trade-in while we're waiting to wholesale to someone. If someone wants to come buy it from us, they can buy it, we don't look at it, we don't guarantee anything, they can take it to their mechanic, that's what it is. Then the other ones are silver and golds, which are silver and gold, we do a full inspection, the same thing we do on a certified inspection, and then we allow, on a silver, we don't fix everything, but we'll tell you what we didn't fix. On a gold, we try and fix everything. Does that make sense? Awesome. And so we oh, try and sure. put it into those different things, And we're, and what I would always ask is, if you're going into a retailer to try and buy a used car, always ask them for the inspection report. Ask them for, let me see your inspection report. Let me see the repair order for what you did. Mm-hmm. Because then you can actually see what they fixed and what they didn't. And most, and if and if a store is not well, willing to show you that kind of stuff, think about where you're at. Too. That's how I've always told people. I, really. I mean, I know the super dealerships in the Valley are awesome, specifically your guys' for sure. You know, you know what I mean, though. It's like when you buy a pre-owned car, there's always that stigma. So you yeah. want like and there's also and sure. there's also one thing you got to look at: the fact that so uh, even a certified inspection a two or three, uh, probably a two-hour inspection. It probably takes our guys to go through the car. We're still not taking the engine apart. We're still not looking inside the cylinders. We're st- so there's no way, without doing all that, to be hundred percent sure that the car is good. We can do the best sure. we possibly can and still find out that it has an engine blow in three months. And that's why Subaru puts us, that's why we put that seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty out. That's why we sell extended service contracts on these cars because we can only do so much. I mean, on a new car, I can pretty much tell you that the engine's great. On a used car, you never know how, you never know how the car was treated. And there's no. And if, yeah. that, if anybody can tell you they can guarantee you how a car is treated, they're lying to you. No one knows. Unless they've had the car the whole time. So that awesome. so there's no way to hundred percent guarantee a used car, but the inspection process we do the best we possibly can to inspect as much as we can.
0: Anything else, Nick? Does that help you?
1: No. Oh that's awesome. Yeah, I was about to say I mean I've heard wonderful things about like I said, y'all's dealerships. So when you say, you know, you do your very best, I can definitely I definitely believe that for sure. You yeah, and it. we and we usually put our more seasoned mechanics as our used car guys. So we never we right never on. have a newbie New mechanic back there checking used cars. It's usually a guy who's been with us at least four or five years.
0: A guy who hopes to have already seen everything. Yeah, like our mm-hmm. at,
1: at our Southtown store, our best technician in the entire store is our used car technician. Oh, that's that's off, off, off. Yeah. I can't talk to you. I have 20 yeah. people. Can, to he's a guy named Nick Nelson. He's been with us for almost 15, 20 years.
0: <laughs> thanks, Nick. So, thanks, thanks for Nick. calling Nick. Uh, This is not the same Nick. But Nick has a similar name too. Yeah. the name you just yeah. said. Nick is a funny. Nick. Yeah,
1: yeah. But Nick, I mean, Nick's one of our guys. He actually was. He actually worked at our original Midtown store. Really? And that's how long he's been with us. Wow. So he worked at. He he started at our original Midtown store on 37th and State.
0: I think he likes working for you. Yeah. And I think him. you like so working. So we moved
1: him from yep, there. Then we moved him you. out to Southtown when we shut down that used car center.
0: Clayton and Nick, they're in the hopper for the four-pack of VIP Lounge Movie Passes. Call us, 855-340-ZONE. Any questions or comments, stories you want to tell or share, 855-340-ZONE. Still to come on the show, Ford. They are trying something new to turn around their current situation, and one website says it's not working. (laughs) Also... Safety cameras in your neighborhood that record every single car that drives up and down your street from make and model to the license plate. Are you okay with that? If you're one of those cars driving up down the street with some HOA filming you and logging your car, let us know. 855 340 We'll talk about that story and more. Coming up next on Utah Car Sense. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. He's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. It's Utah Car Sense. Call us 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. We're not picky either. If you want to talk cars, if you want to talk sports, if you just want to talk... We're here for you. 855-340-ZONE. We'll almost do – we'll go right up to the edge of Love Lines. You remember that show Ooh. back in the day? Yeah, with Dr. Drew. We'll go up to the edge. We're Adam. not going to go there. but Are you uh... going to be Dr. Drew or are you going to be Adam? I'll be Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you be the responsible one. <laughs> it's your name on the show. I don't <laughs> – Okay. That's <good>. 855-340-ZONE. <laughs> Everyone that calls in is entered to win a four-pack of VIP Lounge Movie Passes. All right, Jeff, I teased this going to break. This is out of, uh, is it Sherman Oaks? Sure. Yeah, Sherman Oaks, California. There's a quiet little HOA community, which nowadays everyone's an HOA community, but uh, they're in Sherman Oaks, and they have rented a farm of security cameras from a company called Flock Safety based out of Atlanta. And any time that you drive into and out of this HOA community, there are cameras that are pretty hidden, pretty well hidden, but they record the make and model, the color, even the license plate is, is logged of every car that enters and leaves that community. This is obviously for safety issues. If there were to be a, a burglary or, heaven forbid, a kidnapping or something awful, they could go back, scroll through, find a car, and start the search for the culprit then okay. and there but it's raising a lot of questions of he, sure the HOA has agreed to uh, to quote unquote forfeit their privacy for this but people who are just driving down city streets that happen to be inside this HOA is that okay
1: that's a, it's I mean, it's a crazy <laughs> argument right i mean you can argue the same thing with police forces right i mean does a with poli- police horses? Yeah, police force forces. like a police okay. force does a police force have the right to have full access to So there's in Sandy City, for example, there's a move in Sandy City right now for the police force is coming around and trying to sign businesses up to give them access to their security cameras. Okay. Is that an okay thing?
0: Well, if I'm I'm the business owner, I'm okay with the police having access to my security footage because that's why I put in security footage to be secure and who is in charge of the city
1: security more than the police. So I would be more comfortable with an HOA putting in cameras that the police have access to? Than some random guy on the HOA. And that's exactly what's happening
0: is this is just some random guy on the HOA board in his basement. He's got
1: a wall of television screens. Watching all the videos in the HOA. That's creepy. It's very, very I think that's creepy. Like a private citizen having access to that kind of stuff. Like that's one thing. So I've got like I mean, I have the same idea. I've got a wall of cameras, I have a business thing. I can I have I record everything that goes on in all of our businesses, but it's because I have to protect our business. Yeah. Not protect like and the same thing with my house. Right, yeah. Well, your own personal home, but your whole neighborhood, it's not your property.
0: Well, and it brings up the that idea of, sure, inside your home, inside and on your property, but then it also asks, well, these, you know, like a like a doorbell camera.
1: Is he running a soap opera blog of the whole neighborhood? <laughs> he's,
0: not, he's not. It says every resident has access to yep. these videos as well. So every resident can see everything. But he's in charge of logging everything and keep it anyway. But they they Scott's ask got, about Scott's the got a lot of time on his hands. Yes, they ask about the the doorbell camera because it obviously records cars or or people that are off of your property, but you're recording them from your property. Does that make sense? Like the camera footage doesn't the viewing of the footage doesn't end on your property line. It goes as far as the camera can pick it up, and where does that fall? Because all those videos are uploaded to a cloud somewhere, or if the in fact the in my old neighborhood, I had a Ring doorbell, and uh, whenever that there would be an incident, someone would post the footage to Ring's community page, and we'd all look at it and see, mm-hmm. and to protect ourselves. I had the same thing. But that's that's different, I think, than some guy in his basement watching every car that comes and goes from the neighborhood. And it wasn't, because it only happened when there was a problem. Then we'd have footage, and we would turn it over to the police and let them do their investigation. This guy is looking at every
1: single person that comes in and out. So I've got a problem with that, I guess, is what I'm saying. So how do you feel about like law enforcement and FBI have access to ring cameras um, with facial recognition technology <laughs> to flag suspicious people? Look, I have nothing to hide. Go ahead and do it. What if you, you – maybe you look like a suspicious person. I do look
0: like a suspicious person. Like I would argue like you maybe look a little shady. I We've <laughs> talked about this uh, uh, so many times on Tony and Austin. Catch us Monday through Friday, 10 to noon. I If you pixelate me, I'm
1: anybody in America. Right. I, I'm bald. I've got a beard. So I'm how white. Would you, how would you like to get – for walking through someone in a random neighborhood, get picked up by the police because you came up on one of those as a suspicious person? It would
0: be a bad day, but uh, hopefully – Uh, It would be a short bad day where they'd eventually do their homework and go, oh, you were nowhere near here. You're free to go.
1: But would you take that violation of your civil liberties?
0: If it meant that my child lives in a safer world? Yeah, I would. Okay. Now, if I go to prison forever, then no, that's a bad decision I've just made. But I think it's rare and far between that people- Are are rung up on death row, and they were nowhere in the same I vicinity. Think there's some pretty
1: n- nasty constitutional arguments against. There, that. there sure are. There's some really nasty ones that we have. A but right, I'm not okay right to not, not no unreasonable searches. But I'm not okay
0: with Robert Chantel of Sherman Oaks having my image just because he wants it. In his neighbor it. in his
1: basement in yeah. his underwear, <laughs> sitting <and> watching <laughs> it <all laughs> <laughs> It's all day long. <laughs> Yeah, so... And that's a, he's it. cheating on his wife! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly the, what he's that's doing. The that's idea. the exact yeah. the issue. Like, he,
0: he's got the blog of
1: Sherman Oak. This is look, Desperate Housewives in Real Life. For, look, the mm-hmm. husband left for work. Ooh, who's this other random guy Here coming to our house? the Dotson Every pickup. day, he shows up <laughs> right as the husband leaves. Oh, man. Like, that's the problem. That's what people are scared about.
0: Yeah, it, it, for sure. So, anyway, that's something weird not weird but strange or unique that's going on there uh and yeah there's you shouldn't just be allowed to have a police entity just say i want to look in your bag just because
1: but But if they suspect
0: you have a crime and it's legitimate that you might have done
1: it i'm okay with it and i don't know if i'd live in a house without some kind of front door camera or some kind of camera around my house anymore just because liability purposes like i mean if i'll tell you how many times the cameras at our dealership have saved us from certain things or just you never know what's going to happen in front. We literally, we've literally caught crimes on our thing where the police have come by, and we've given them a video, and they've arrested people based off our video cameras. Really? Yeah.
0: Crimes against your business? Both. Or just to we, the community? We wow.
1: caught a, four, four or five years ago there was a police shooting. There was a shooting of a suspect in South Salt Lake and caught, caught on one of our video cameras. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so the police, I mean, they were very thankful for us to provide that to them. So they could show that it to was. Show it was a justified shooting. Yeah.
0: Hmm. But it's,
1: it's. But they didn't just
0: have access; they had to come no, ask to come you come to and grant permission.
1: And and we we gave it to them. Yeah, we, and we. They didn't have to subpoena us or anything. We were just like, okay, here you go. Yeah. Like, we're good. Yeah,
0: and you know, there's systems in place, like you just mentioned. If you were to refuse access, a court could subpoena that yeah, anyway. And, totally. But you know, I so there's it's a discussion to have, but certainly I think this is way crossing the line to just log every person and everything that moves in your neighborhood. Yeah, some creepy
1: guy tracking down every movement. It's almost worse than, yeah, anyway. Julie, the six-year-old just walked to her neighbor's house, mark it on the sheet. Yep.
0: (laughs) That Julie, I don't know, she's doing her math homework. She shouldn't be playing with Barbie. She should be doing math. All right. uh, Ford. Okay. Ford's been at a bit of an issue with their, everyone has, with their sale of cars. And so Ford wiped out their entire fleet other than the Mustang and the Focus, right? Is that right? They're only making the Mustang and Focus, uh, if in the sedan in the car world anymore I mean, by Ford.
1: Not they're making the Focus
0: anymore, are they? They did away with that too, huh? Well, they they scaled it back certainly. Uh, and uh, Moody, what's this guy's uh, financial? Service company, uh, Moody's downgrades Ford to junk status as it doubts its CEO. So Moody is a, a car service that lists statuses of each individual thing, a financial service company, I should say, and it has denoted that Ford is now a junk status, not the first time they've done this, by the way, and it seems like CEO Jim Hackett's turnaround plan that isn't sits at the center of things, according to the Wall Street Journal. They pointed to weak cash generation and a years-long restructuring plan that the automaker is undertaking just as the car market softens globally. Still, Moody said Ford has a sound balance sheet and liquidity position from which to operate. That's in contrast to the last time Ford's investment rating was under pressure in the mid-2000s when Ford was running out of cash. The automaker had $22 billion in cash as of June 30. Uh, The ratings cut could increase borrowing costs and hurt profit, uh, particularly at Ford's lending arm, Ford Motor Credit, FMC.
1: Yeah, that's a nasty thing for a company because what happens is they issue bonds, it just becomes a lot more expensive for them to issue bonds. So it's harder for them to access cash. Uh, And so essentially he's been charged with, well, the CEO
0: is obviously in charge of turning things around and fixing this, and this one service, Moody, is not on board with it saying it's not working now and it never will work. Uh, we've ta- We talk about this all the time. The future of the car. Right now, it's crossovers world, and we're all just driving in it that don't have crossovers. There's also pickups, and, and Ford is the king of pickup trucks. Always have been, probably always will be. That's where they really should be focusing. Anyway, in my opinion, the Mustang is iconic. That's an American yeah. symbol. Everything turn- else, get rid of it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean it- that's the hard part is that when you get into these brands that have so many models. Makes it difficult. Like one thing, that the beauty thing that's made Subaru so popular and so successful the last little bit is that they've maintained seven models. And really, a lot of them are pretty much the same car. Like an Impreza and a Cross Truck are different, yeah. different sizes. Different mm-hmm. sizes, right? But that's what's made them so successful is that they're able to be a lot more versatile and able to handle recessions a lot better. And there's a, there's a downturn coming. I mean, it's coming. It's just a matter of when, and I mean, there's some pretty good indicators. I was sitting in one of my meetings. There was a conversation with some used car dealers out there, and they were talking about how they're starting to see better credit, which is a bad sign. When you're a used car dealer that specializes in like buy here, pay here and subprime car loans, and you're not seeing those subprime customers come in, there's a reason. It's because those subprime. It's not that they're. It's not that they're. They're seeing more good customers, they're just not seeing the bad customers anymore. And it's because the things are tightening. Yeah. People are having people who need subprime market or have less money, have less cash on hand, their wages are stagnant. There's are running into issues. They're starting to get laid off. It's it's a trigger sign for what's could happen in twelve months.
0: Oh. Well that's scary. It is scary. Uh, without question scary. I don't it makes me want to not spend a penny <laughs> at all. I want to just Rally the the wagons around and not not have food. I mean, it's a, <laughs> not it's a matter of
1: just bills. And one nice thing about Salt Lake too, though Salt Lake in Utah is in general from a financial standpoint, it's an extremely conservative market. And even when the recession hit Salt Lake in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, it wasn't nearly what the rest of the country saw. I mean, we were still building houses, we we're still selling cars, we still had a strong market. Like it, it wasn't. Yeah, there's a housing crisis here now, though. There is now, and it's yeah. And it, it, it's going to be interesting because the housing crisis is the opposite crisis now. So what happens when the recession happens and people can't buy houses anymore? Even worse than what they can't buy now. Yeah. And the value of houses has gone up so much. Are they going? To, is the value of house going to start drop? With reset? It, who knows what's going to happen there?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the the idea that Ford cutting all of its cars out and everyone wondered how this was going to work. That that question still remains. Is it going to work? And Moody says no. Ford says, "Give us a little more time. It's going to work out."
1: From a from a car ability, from the car standpoint, I think even if a recession does hit, I don't think you're going to see what you saw in '09. I mean, in '09, you're talking about going from 16, 17 million cars in this country to 10 in a year. I mean, it's, you're not seeing that. You're talking about going from the 17 million we're selling now to 15,
0: hmm.
1: and you're seeing the house market get a little softer, a little harder to access money. But one thing is, I mean. The Fed, I think the Fed's doing a good job holding, because what happens is right now, if if all of a sudden with little recession fears, if they they start dropping rates, right now, what happens when the real recession hits? Then they can't. So what they're doing is they're they're holding steady, and the rates are cheap. I mean, it's what like two percent. I mean, I think that house mortgage is still at three and a half, three seven five. Yeah, it's between so three and a half. The, almost yeah, almost one of the lowest thirty-year rates in history. Like rates aren't that high. I mean, go back to parents days in the early 80s when a house loan was 17 18 percent Jeez, yeah right imagine what you could buy then and so the i think the fed needs to hold steady and eventually they'll eventually they'll lower the rates if they need to when markets start dropping you start losing jobs but i think if if there is a recession i think it's going to be a light one that's my personal opinion on nothing it. nothing like 08 nothing or like 08, 09. Yeah. you're not going to see investment banks cause i don't think there's as much rampant fraud as there was then yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's I mean, that's the difference. Is Dial bit. up a movie on this Prime is, right now, you'll, you'll yeah, see it. This is just the this is just the absent flows of a market. So you're going to see a recession. A recession's a couple quarters in a row of negative growth. And I think you'll see that, but you're not going to see what happened in 08. It doesn't have to be a disaster. World. It's not the end yeah, of the world. Yeah. I mean, that was happening because, and I can attest to you right now, it is not easy to get a home mortgage. I have been going through this for the past month. They want your firstborn. They want to know everything about you. I think I've had a medical exam. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm doing something I've sent them Over 50, 60 PDFs, I think, already of financial stuff like Ugh. it's a an disaster Jeff, and i'm still not done because you, you're building I'm, I'm going through the third round of underwriting at this point oh my god you're building a house and i'm a relatively successful human being yes i think that you <laughs> have your reputation should uh, yeah, right. uh hold up there no nope, they don't care like back in, if this was 2007 i could have just written an application and signed a piece of paper
0: yep you have a facebook account here's a house yeah. that's what it would have been back ninja then. loans <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no income no job <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was a wonderful time for lazy people. Uh, I remember, so <laughs> like I,
1: me. Oh, it was for everybody though. It was car yeah. loans. I remember. So I remember this guy. I think it was like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Twenty three year old kid made twenty two hundred dollars a month, twenty three hundred dollars a month. Had happened to have a seven fifty credit score because he had a couple credit cards. Walks and says, "I want to buy an STI." We're like, "I don't think you can afford that." He's like, "No." He's like, "I can afford the six hundred dollar payment. Trust me, I got money on the side coming in, things like that." I'm like, "Okay, you can show us 20 Okay, we'll submit it to the bank, see what they say. Didn't even like go to a person, just check.
0: Just a computer.
1: $40,000 loan, check. Wow. Okay, I guess you're buying an SDI.
0: And you guys had tried to tell him this may yeah, not we be tried the to tell best thing. They they and
1: he's like, no, I want to buy it. And I said, okay, you have approval from the bank, here you go. $600 a I guarantee month. Guarantee you that car repoed. Yeah, I don't see $600 how. $600 it... a month payment, something Jeez. like that, a guy making two grand a month, like. That's and his insurance only... had have been five hundred bucks too. Yeah, I mean, if that's if. But he... that was the way the market was. I mean, it, that's... maybe he didn't have a home. The maybe the scary that was how a home was. I remember my first mortgage took two days. Mm-hmm. I've literally been working on this mortgage for two months now.
0: You're scaring me because I haven't. I, I I'm also in a similar boat as you right now, and I've kind of been procrastinating all
1: those PDFs. Yeah, you're gonna want to send those in. <laughs> One, one thing is that I have a complicated- It takes so long. I have a complicated financial structure. <laughs> yeah, yours is a bit. Because they have the business returns. And all Your portfolio is a little thicker than mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's not been fun.
0: <laughs> no, it's but Actually, it's not I got fun. an email
1: this morning on the way here that they're finally ordering their appraisal. Oh, good. On a house is being built, which who knows what that's going to happen. Jeez. Yeah. But I'm going to close at some point, so they have to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living here for a month. Do you want to yeah. get this? At some thing point, figured the, out. P- the builder's going to want money, and I don't have cash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you ever uh, play around on Google Earth? Like, oh, yeah. look up your childhood home or your college apartment? Yeah, or... totally. Well, this guy in Palm Beach, I, I don't know if this is Palm Beach, Florida, or Palm Beach, California. Uh, I guess I could have Google Earthed it. But. Uh, there was a guy who was just goofing off. He was bored at work. And so he looked up his old house. Oh, Wellington, Florida. He looked up his old neighborhood that he grew up in just to see what it looked like now and see what Google Earth could see. And there's a retaining pond behind his old house. And from this satellite image of Google Earth, he could make out the roof, windshield, and hood of a car submerged in the in the retaining pond. And he called up his buddy who still lived on that same street and said, hey, there's a car in the pond behind your house. And the guy went out there and looked. He said, no, I, there's, I don't see any car out here. What are you talking about? And so he then called up the police and convinced them to go search. Sure enough, there was a car that had been there almost 22 years. Wow. With skeletal remains. Of a man who had gone missing 22 years ago.
1: How crazy is that? He
0: had called his girlfriend after a night out on the town, said, I'm on my way home, and then never showed up. No one had ever seen from him, heard of him. Here he'd been in this retaining pond for 22 years.
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: So good and bad news. Obviously, the, the, it's closure for a family. who
1: for 22 years has been wondering.
0: It's, a, it's the wrong kind of closure, but closure nonetheless. But just wild that 22 years goes by and a google a guy goofing off at work cuz he bored finds a missing person In it's, it's it was a crazy story to me that is a crazy story so get on going back to your sherman oaks uh, creepy security camera get on google earth and google your neighbors yards and, and i'm really, <laughs> really happy that's not real time <laughs> yeah it is it's not real this is not the best i've uh, ever seen time, uh, right?
1: there's blog sites that, for the google street cam that show like hilarious things that have been found oh, on really? Google Street Cam. I've never looked at that. Oh, because there's hilarious Google Street Cam stuff, like the car driving around and the car, street. The car drives around, and people know it's driving back and forth in the neighborhood, so they'll go out and like put on crazy costumes, or like <laughs> it's caught like drug deals in play. Wow. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Some of the stuff they've caught on Google Earth. Wow. And Google, because it's just a car going through. They and they can't. have you ever seen the Google car go around? Huh. I have not. I've never it. seen it. Oh, you have? Yeah. the One one of the ones that goes to Salt Lake is an Impreza. okay. And so we, we actually have done service work on it. Interesting. We've done oil changes and stuff like that for it. I wonder how you get that gig, just driving that the Google car jobs around. job to turn it on and drive it. It's got a 360 camera on top of it, and they just go neighborhood by neighborhood. and.
0: Hopefully they're listening to 1280, 97.5 The Zone all day while they're driving around cap- capturing Google pictures. Uh, that's I've never had the opportunity to see the Google car
1: driving around. I mean, there are a ton of them. I, I know a lot of them have been Subarus. Yeah, Subaru Imprezas have been like the biggest one that they've used because hmm. they can take it everywhere. But they have to go all over the world, right? Every city, every I mean, So there's got the to be like tens of thousands of these cars driving around all the time. Which is why you would think if
0: Bigfoot existed or if uh, Elvis were still alive, we would have found them yeah, because right? of At Google Earth. Point,
1: they would have driven by and figured it out, right? Uh,
0: they would have caught them. It's just you think so,
1: but maybe not.
0: Although I I do think Elvis exists or is still alive. I think he lives at Cowboy Joe's dog boarding here on Beck Street because I see him every so often walking his dog out there in front of it. So don't believe me. Go over there and wait. <laughs> Elvis will appear at some point walking his dog. Even Elvis's dog needs to be walked. Uh, all right. So there you go. Just crazy story from from Google Earth. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what else is going on at Mark Miller Subaru. Right now, Jeff, uh, I, just the other day I had someone call me up or text me, actually. Who calls anyone anymore these days, honestly? Totally. You called me this morning. I did call and you it was, I was driving. I couldn't text. Right, yeah. But it was I guess f- I could
1: have used my CarPlay and said, text Austin. <laughs> Where can I park? It was the,
0: <laughs> It was the first phone call, actual phone call I've received from anyone that was not my family member in close to two weeks. Wow, that's not true. That's, I lie. That's an honor. Scott Gerard called me the other night too, but that's to, yell at, to yell at you. About well, him? that's when Scott calls. <laughs> yeah, you know you're in the trouble. The initial reaction is, oh no, what did I do wrong? And so whenever he calls, I do answer the phone. Go, uh oh, and he <laughs>, he laughs and then he yells at me for something. And then the, I'm kidding, kind of, but no, that, I get never get a phone call ever from anybody. But someone uh, texted me the other day, and they were wondering about. Uh, an ad that they heard on our station for Mark Miller Subaru and promise pricing. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 because I sit here all day listening to the ads and, and the radio station, it I think I've become numb to this idea of the, these things being new to people. I'm like, well, it's been around for, what, four or five years now? Yeah, almost
1: five years now.
0: But this person had not no, still a new concept heard about, about it. So to... I thought, why not still still bring this up and explain it to
1: people again? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Promise Pricing is something we put in place. I want to say it was 2014. It was April 1st, 2014, because it was hilarious. We did it on April Fool's Day. <laughs> not the right time to do something like that. No, I've, not... I've learned that now in my future. <laughs> I do not launch any new programs on April 1st. <laughs> Live and learn. <laughs> but what Promise Price is, is we switched essentially how we sell cars, is that we moved away from the idea of how everyone else does it, that it's this back and forth process of negotiating and here we'll start at this number and we'll negotiate to get to a point that's fair, because people don't like it. Most We found that the vast majority of consumers hate the idea of negotiating for a car deal. There's only about 10 or 15% of the public that actually like doing it. So essentially what we did is we took it and said we're going to put the price of the car on every vehicle. Right there on the window, and that's the price someone's going to pay, so we discount it down to the price we can sell the car for. Is it always going to be the best possible price you could get there out the world? No, but it will always be a fair price and it'll always be a fair market price on any vehicle and all we can guarantee to you is that we're going to give you the best experience and we're going to show you the best way to buy a car and you're going to buy a car fast and I mean if we can get you in and out of there in an hour if you know what you want to do and provide you a great experience and I would never sell cars another way. I mean I've done it for five years and the people who work for me, I don't think I mean, we, we have probably one of the lowest turnover of any sales force in the entire state. I walked in my AutoMall meeting last week and was trying to explain to them, like, how's your Midtown store doing so well lately? I'm like, well, in the, in the last year, I haven't hired a salesperson. <laughs> I don't think in, I, I think in the last well, maybe in nine months. I think the last salesperson I hired was nine months ago. Wow." That's how we're doing. That's
0: it. unheard of yeah. in this industry.
1: We we haven't hired an outside person to become a salesperson for us in over a year. Wow, that's like, crazy. And that's because they believe in what they do. We create a great environment. It's friendly. It's not combative. It's not a fight every day. We're not. I mean, you go into most sales floors. It's a war. It's a war zone. It's guys going back and forth and yelling, stealing. And people lying to customers. Customers lying to. Have. That happens, too. Customers yeah. lie, too. Well, they've been trained to been do trained so. To. Yeah. We've been training people that you have to come in and say, oh, I've got this other deal across the street. And So even us, we're there you go. Great. This is what you're going to sell the car for. It's the same as the guy next to us. We don't have closed offices. We don't have a closed sales manager desk. It's Everything's out in the open. It's fully yeah. transparent, and we'll present everything to you. You'll know everything you're going to pay before you walk in finance. We're not going to slip in etch or some crazy product that doesn't have any value to etch. you. <laughs> I hate etch. <laughs> and there's still so many retailers that sell etch, and it uh. just drives me nuts. For those of you who don't know what etch is, etch is a product that is a supposed to prevent your car from being stolen. And what they do is they put a little etched-in number, identifying number on different places in the vehicle, like your windshields and some of your car parts in the car that's supposed to be, if your car gets stolen, it's easier to identify. And it's like, well, there's a VIN number on the car, guys, but... Let's take that off the idea. And then there's an insurance policy. If your car gets stolen, they're going to pay you back $5,000 or something. like. I don't know what the even numbers. We haven't sold it in so long <laughs> that I wouldn't even know what it is. And it costs, huh. it costs the retailer little to nothing Yeah. to put it on your car, and then they charge you. That's an extra charge they, they can throw in. They can sell it to you for $199. And a lot of places, unfortunately, which gives us all bad names, a lot of places will just put it on every car. When they get the car on from new car inspection, they'll just put the stickers on every car and they'll tell people, Oh, it's already on the car. You have to pay for it and try and slam it in. And that's just I bought a used car once that had that sticker on there. I don't think it's ever proven. I don't know. I don't really know. Maybe it has, but I don't think it's ever proven to stop someone from stealing a car when they see an etched thing. I think if someone's going to steal whoa, a car, whoa, it's etched. We better I, go never, on to another I never really one. understood the idea. I mean, etched out in the window. Great. There's a VIN plate. Like five different places in the car, too. That like, didn't stop them. Yeah. Doesn't that identify the car? Yeah. Like, why do you need to put another etch thing in different no, places? I, don't know. I mean, there's much better products out there like Lojack and things like that. If you really want to prevent car sales, product like Lojack or Subaru now integrates in their car with Starlink that actually will track your car. Mm hmm. That if someone steals my if someone steals my which car, doesn't prevent it car from, is from being parking stolen parking lot right now outside the arena. If someone went and stole my car. I literally could track them on my cell phone and guide the police to them. That's my my
0: in our cross check.
1: It, it alerts is, our phone when it starts. Yeah, and there is no way that someone can disable that unless they really know how a car works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's now at that point you have a professional and nothing's going to stop them.
0: There was one night I tried to sneak out to go. This is a couple years ago. I tried to sneak out to. Go get a treat or something to the gas station. And I decided I'm going to take the cross trek.
1: It beeps your wife's phone
0: She wakes up. She said, Where are you? I'm like, How did you wake up?
1: What, What's going on right now? And then I remembered, Oh, car moved. I'm stealing your car. <laughs> we have the ability on our loaner vehicles because that was a Starling system to create boundaries for them. So if someone leaves the state or leaves 100 miles outside the city, we can say, Because they're not supposed to take our loaner vehicles more than 100 miles from the store, we can say, Hey, give them a little phone call like that. why did you, did you remember where you weren't supposed to take the car to Idaho? <laughs> You're in Boise right now. <laughs> Busted. Will you, will you please return
0: it? The The other thing that also came up in my response to this person who had asked about promise pricing, and uh, maybe we'll take a break and have you talk about this in, in depth on the other side, was you've been exploring uh, APRs. Is that the right term? Yeah. The 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 percentage rate, rate markup and rate how markup. that can... Uh, be better served. that can better serve the customer than the industry has always always done it and you've been exploring that idea let's ask you about that on the other side we'll start the second hour with that idea that you're looking forward to it's utah car sense presented by mark miller subaru he's jeff miller i'm austin horton we'll be right back here on the zone